What? 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 Just deep, just deep, just deep enough. Josh. I'm Tracy. We're here. We're talking to each other. Yeah, we are right now mm-hmm. in this moment. How are you feeling, Tracy? <sighs> I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. How are you mm-hmm. feeling? I'm feeling all right, too. I'm relaxed. That sound of the air conditioning water is going to sound like one of us is peeing right now. What are we going to do about that? We'll just acknowledge it like we just did. Mm-hmm. Nobody's peeing. Nobody's peeing. There's our air conditioner condensate line makes that sound. So mm-hmm. if I don't know if, if you couldn't hear it, then it's awkward that we brought it up and brought, mm-hmm. but if you did hear it, then that's mm-hmm. what, what happened. Yes. So today's topic, Tracy and I are locked and loaded with the topic of timelines. And I suppose we will end up um, describing what that means to us, to you, to each other even, because I think we both have different perspectives on what a timeline is. Well, and I don't claim to have the uh, final word on timelines, mm-hmm. but I have some hypotheses and some operating uh, assumptions. And it is pretty safe to say that we're not talking about um, like the line that you see in a book or something that has dates on it, a little picture of an invention or an event. I mean, we're not specifically talking about that timeline. Because when people say timelines, usually they'll, you know, the first thing they go to is that pictorial representation of a series of events. Yeah, but I would say that that pictorial representation of a series of events would be representing a single timeline. So Mm -hmm. there could be, in the grand scheme of things, multiple timelines Mm -hmm that being one of them. So, I mean, yeah. I think we could talk about it both in the perspective of, I mean, you can't talk about timelines without talking about it in like a collective historical sense, I don't think. I think that you have to include mm-hmm. that. Hmm. Hmm. You know, maybe after this episode, I'll spend a few minutes Googling the variety of ways that timelines are represented pictorially, just for fun. Well, you know, maybe while we're going along, mm-hmm. I will just Google that as we chat. Mm-hmm. We we can include that. I can, you know, on on I certainly have some favorite podcasts in which they Google in real time during the podcast. Oh. I think it's I think it is, it is almost a convention mm-hmm. of podcasts now. Oh, instant convention. Hmm. So while you're googling, um, I I do want to bring up this idea that timelines can shift. I, I had never used that language until you and I were having a conversation about the beginnings of COVID time, 2020, kind of spring, or it was like late spring, early summer, just around that time, there was a general shifting. So there's this idea of timelines being something that is sort of larger and almost more mystical 
And then there is the timeline that is almost just a record of events. Mm-hmm. Well, so like I said, the mystical aspect of it has, if it were to be, you know, in the where, where mysticism and fringy physics meet. Yeah. And make a stew of para-scientific pseudoscience. It would be a quantum stew. Yes, it indeed would be a quantum stew. And I bet if we Google that, there's a song. Mm-hmm. Of, I don't know. Um, so, okay, so uh, where those two things meet, I would say when we talk about timelines, it has to do with the, the idea that any action that a person takes, any choice, any thought, anything at all that you do, um, where there could have been another choice, mm-hmm. which is pretty much every single thing, could mm-hmm. potentially have a, a different choice, um, that in some parallel dimension, the other choice was made. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when in the dimension where that other choice was made, it set off a different trajectory of events mm-hmm. that um, would have landed somewhere else. Like, okay, here we go. Let's talk about in and since this is our relationship podcast. I was thinking the same thing that we would talk about, like us the, meeting. Yeah, yeah, doing, yeah, yeah. Because okay, okay, okay. Yeah. See, and uh-huh. you and I have peas in a pod. We yeah, great minds. Yeah, I was just I had a yeah. Anyway, so no, go yeah. on. Why don't you? Since we were on the same we trajectory, were, why don't yeah. you? Yes. In this timeline, describe mm-hmm. it. In an alternate timeline, I'm describing it. Mm-hmm. Put in this one. You are so go mm-hmm. on. So at, at some point in the past, we um, independently, like, I want to say chose in a way to align our timelines or maybe even share a timeline. Because um, we could have not chosen to, to be together, to start a relationship. But there was something about our pasts that converged you know mm-hmm. you know the the fact that even that is in our common language that people's lives converge or something like that is indicative of you know there being a pathway that people are on and that, that it can be on that together and let's talk about there and but so then you bring in the uh, the idea of there being maybe not destiny per se but a set of previous choices that that contribute to a near inevitability of a certain timeline for instance let's look at at what i was thinking about is that um we met on dating apps Mm -hmm. and i say apps Mm -hmm. instead of just app because in our first interaction i don't remember which app it was that we met on it was facebook the first one was facebook yeah facebook dating facebook dating okay so uh we did a our first initial date it was during covid which um which facilitated us doing a video date for our first date mm-hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't gangbusters it wasn't it wasn't love at first mm-hmm. first sight it was mm-hmm. hmm, hmm. yeah you said some things that i misinterpreted Giving me the impression that, oh, I don't think he's really, like... Knows what he's looking for. Yeah, yeah. It uh-huh. seemed like you, you had, or no, the, or that you were being highly... 
I interpreted some of the things you were saying as implying that you were being super highly irrationally specific mm -hmm. about what you were looking for. And I was thinking, ah, nah, ah, you know? Yes. Um, but then, uh, but, but it was, but I, but I could tell you were a thoughtful, intelligent person. I immediately, like within, within a few minutes of it, I was like, nah, I don't think this is going to work out. Mm -hmm. But I could tell you were a thoughtful, intelligent person. So I said, well, you know, this probably doesn't look like it's going to work out, but let's talk about why, what is it about this whole phenomena mm -hmm. of online dating mm -hmm. that can be so annoying and troubling? Because I think that was one of the things mm -hmm. you kind of talked about, mm -hmm. you brought up is like yeah. how aggravating the process of online yeah. dating can be. So I'm now just looking back at that, reinterpreting, thinking of that, what, what really happened in that moment is that we both recognized the challenge of forming a relationship and we chose to engage in the process of how we could overcome that challenge you know in a way that was our first effort to come together you know it, yeah and if we look at it that way uh -huh. it was very uh it kind of was a a foreshadowing mm -hmm. of what we do now which is really uh -huh. just think the heck out of stuff yeah yeah we think in a way that allows us to I think bring what's important um, closer into our understanding because a lot of our discussions do relate to like trying to understand the other person you know or if not understand the other person to understand what the other person is saying like we want to understand what's coming out of each other's mouths I'm not I'm losing track of things here let's get back on the timeline thing a little bit well all right so okay yeah. very good so anyway so that was so at that point that was the end of that video date and we did not proceed we did not proceed yeah we both kind of walked walked away or turned off our phones as it were right started and just went and proceeded on down the road life goes on life goes on We're yeah. like okay that was an interesting interaction yeah. and you know no harm no foul it was not an unpleasant mm -hmm. interaction but it, it, it did not mm -hmm. seem as if it was gonna go anywhere yeah a week or two later was it a week do you have any idea how i have no idea <gasps> gosh i don't know it seems like it's been a month i think it was like almost like a month later maybe could, even yeah, it could have been and and I saw this picture. I think it was on Match. No, it wasn't on Match at this point. But it Hinge. Was, it was on Hinge. Mm -hmm. And I was looking on Hinge, and I saw this super cute guy who looked really interesting. And I think at that point, um, I previously wasn't. Um, to, the first one you must have reached out to me. It must have been you must have made the initial contact the first time because I was um, I was not confident to be swiping. To like be initiating certainly uh, interaction with anybody younger, like who I was even like maybe one or two. I would just mm -hmm. maybe go like one or two years younger than myself, mm -hmm. and you're um, seven, like seven and a half years younger than I am. Mm -hmm. And so I, the first one, I definitely would not have made the initial right. reach out because I would have been because I definitely wouldn't have. And I would and um, but then um. I read an article about um, that actually women often make that mistake of not uh -huh. not um, interacting with guys that are younger, uh -huh. um, and that that and that that isn't a good call. And also, I found that guys my own age, uh -huh. or God forbid, older, were uh -huh. even less likely to be a good match for me. What I discovered when I dated, when I was dating, going on some dates with uh -huh. other men, I was like, the ones my own age just seemed 
like thousands of years older than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not in the good way, but mm-hmm. like, you know. Yeah. Um, more like, you know, they just, because I think I'm a, I don't know, I fancy myself a bit progressively minded and I wasn't meeting men that were that way. Yeah. So, um, so, but then, so, but then I saw this cute boy. I saw this mm-hmm. cute man mm-hmm. uh, on, and I like it with like a rather artistically assembled photograph. It was just a lot of things about it. I thought, oh, that's a cool dude. So I um, liked on him and he liked on me back and then we planned a date and um, uh, like a simple date. And, and I did not realize until we had been on at least maybe even four or five dates you and I, that mm-hmm. you were that same guy from the video before. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't even realize it. And I still have a hard time putting that together in my mind. Mm-hmm. Like, matching who you are with who I assumed you were in that first mm-hmm. interaction. So, but you did know it was me. Mm-hmm. It was the same person. And yeah. you assumed that I, understandably, you assumed I knew that too. Uh-huh. But anyway, so that was one example of how had a series of events between experience one and experience two not occurred, mm-hmm. we would never have had had that next date because mm-hmm. for uh, some of the things that would have had that had to occur in order for that second date to occur. Mm-hmm. One is I had to have some sort of amnesia <laughs> yes. that that was the same person because I would yeah. not have right. liked on you right. if I realized it was the same person and you certainly yeah. wouldn't have liked on me because you did remember who I was mm-hmm. um, another thing that would well here, here's something just, mm-hmm. just kind of a sweet thought to point out here is that you know we, we both concurred that um, you know ah, so so I mean I didn't after that so so conversation on Facebook like reach out to you again and say, Hey, you know, Oh no, it was mutual. I don't think either one of us was like, this was like bummed out. So the the beautiful thing here is that when we re saw each other, I, I did, I just want to point this out. I did remember you and I remembered that, but I also remember this person, this woman is interesting and beautiful. So, you know what? I'm going to disregard that moment, um, or that video thing. And, so I kind of feel like, and it wasn't like, oh, let's give it a second try. It was more like, oh, this person was interesting. There's substance here. You know what I mean? So there was something like there was both, because I think to stay on a timeline takes effort. You know, I think it's possible mm. for people to, to, to drift. I'm not sure it does. And you that's what I'm so? trying to speak to at this point. Really? I'm trying to speak to that there is a a thing that, is I don't believe in like a preordained destiny, mm-hmm. but I feel like there is a an accumulation of causes mm-hmm. that can lead to something as close to inevitable. Mm. At like mm-hmm. if something, it's like a sense of destiny mm-hmm. might be like the summer, the summation on the part of the individuals of the all the causes and thoughts and intentions that mm-hmm. they had that is points them to an outcome mm. more likely than not. Oh, I see where you're going. And it does, and it, and what I'm pointing to in the sense that of my, ign- that it was my ignorance, my lack of attention to the, 
the trying hard to do it mm -hmm. that allowed it to happen mm. because if i had been aware mm -hmm. oh that's look at that cute boy oh yeah but i already i already decided he's not a good fit ah. i would if i had remembered uh -huh. that that was you i would have gone uh -huh. ah you know that's a cute boy but not oh i'm the fortunate benefit of some sort of memory lapse me too mm. i'm i'm also the fortunate beneficiary uh -huh. of my own amnesia so Okay, so that was one of the factors that had to occur uh -huh. for the, the second date to occur. I had to not remember yeah. that you were the guy. Yeah. You must have changed your profile picture or something. Because I would have really remembered that profile picture. Because that is a super cute picture. In fact, I think I want to make it into a poster. But anyway, okay. So um, then the other thing that, that had to occur for that date, that second date, is... Um, Oh, shucks, because I was going to, I had one locked and loaded and we went down that road. Hang on a minute. Let me hang on a second if I can remember what the other thing was. Um, well, you had to have that particularly super cute picture. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other thing that, that occurred between date one and date two is um, my. I told my friend that I wasn't, if, if anybody too young, like not too young, but I mean like mm -hmm. in their early 40s or whatever, mm -hmm. or anywhere in there was sending me a like that I was just making the assumption. Because younger men considerably younger than myself were reaching out to me at times and not wait. I mean, some of the really, really young ones I think were looking, were probably some sort of a scam. But I mean, in terms of like the, mm -hmm. from as in someone as early as young as like 42 or something, I would get likes from them and i'd be like oh they i would just immediately think oh they didn't see how old i am because mm -hmm. i i look younger than i am mm -hmm. so i thought maybe they had just assumed i was younger and they hadn't looked at the age and then if they knew how old i was they wouldn't like me da, da, da. so that was like mm -hmm. my self-talk and i told that to my friend Paige, and she said she's so funny i just told her she goes stop doing that like, mm -hmm. It was like a really good way that she did that. And then I was like, okay, well, but I still wasn't going to stop. And then I read an article. I ran across an article. I don't think I was looking for it. I think I just ran across it. It popped into my mm -hmm. field of vision somehow that that's a mistake women make, that they don't, mm -hmm. that women often would be a great match to someone who's, you know, a, mm -hmm. a bit old, yeah, a bit younger, mm -hmm. but they think because of social norms mm -hmm. that they shouldn't do it. And um, so, and it's not that I'm so attached to social norms. I think I was just trying to avoid unnecessary rejection, mm, right? Mm -hmm. I assumed that if someone knew I was that much older than me, than them, they wouldn't like me, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, it was right. just dumb. Right. Anyway, so that, so those are things that happened that added up to when I saw this cute boy who I'd never seen before, I thought, mm -hmm. that I went ahead and went, I'm just gonna send them a, you know, a note of interest. Mm -hmm. And, and so those were, there's a whole bunch of stuff that had to happen between date one and date two for day two to even occur, mm -hmm. right? And um, that's where it can feel to me like a destiny kind of thing. It's not forced at all. Mm -hmm. It's the opposite of forced. Mm -hmm. But, and I think that's, and, and maybe in that way, because timelines are not, this idea of timelines implies a linear, linear, linear nature, but I think what we experience in our linear brains mm -hmm. as linear is really more of a web. Yeah. It's more of a grand interactive web of causation. Some 
like you think of it like I'll think of it like neurons in the brain, mm-hmm. right? There, it neurons are a web, but certain neurons get you get um, predisposed to fire in conjunction with each other, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not you know, and and so you could think of it that way. So so the destiny is a a a setup of previous. Uh, impulses, intentions, um, causes, as we would say, like in the concept of cause and effect, that predispose us toward a particular path Mm -hmm. in that web that we would then call a timeline. Mm -hmm. And so it feels like destiny in a way, but it is, and it is a kind of destiny, but it's a destiny from the accumulation of causes mm-hmm. accumulated in the past hmm. and so i think that that's how because we're a real we're we're really a good match yes and it could it might not have worked and even and even if i had at that very first date realized that you were that guy from the first date mm-hmm. that might have even been off-putting mm-hmm. to me because mm-hmm. i might have felt I would have come in with all these preconceived notions. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's another thing. Remember that first date, or what now we call the second date, when yes. when uh, that I thought was the first date. Um, I called you about a couple few hours before, and I said, you know what, I'm going to have to rain check, or I texted you. I, yeah. I texted you. I'm going to have right. to rain check right. because I I was spending time with my son, and it was kind of a there were a lot of things about that day where that were kind of challenging and I was just like, Ugh. and then I was feeling really sad and depressed mm. actually. I and didn't know that. Have you mentioned that before? Mm, probably not. Oh. More, inf- more new stuff about Tracy, right? Yeah. So I'm driving along, um, I was about an hour commute. I was driving along and I thought, Oh no, I'm not going to let myself, uh, dive down into this yucky feeling. So I thought, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And I knew that, like, I had um, the book um, by um, the book um, uh, "Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself," mm-hmm. which is a book that I I really like and I recommend it to clients a lot. And um, and I had it on Audible, so I started yeah. playing it. Yeah. And as I was listening to it, and it was really talking about like you know the power of your mind, da 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 da, mm-hmm. and creating what you want and ever mm-hmm. whatever and then and I was and it did start to make me feel like more hopeful and excited and then I thought and I was like oh, you know what maybe I should you know I don't want to miss an opportunity I don't want to miss an opportunity mm-hmm. I'm going to text that guy mm-hmm. and see if he is available you know sort of last minute now but if he's still available yeah. if he'd like to meet right and I did and you were like, yeah. Uh-huh. And so that I showed up and you were wearing the cute, super cute sweater I love, that I still love. And I thought you were super cute, but you seemed a little aloof. Uh-huh. Which I now maybe, I think that, I think you, you presented a little aloof in that very first video thing we did too. But it also might have been because you knew I was that chick that did, it didn't work out with a month ago. I don't know. <laughs> um, I did. Yeah, so you were probably going, mm, 
I don't know about this lady. She's like, you know, whatever. But I didn't know. And I just was like, and, um, and I was trying to like do body language to signal that I thought you were cute and I liked you and stuff. And you told me later that you, even after that first date, even though I was doing like some of my best body language of like kind of leaning toward you and, and putting, you know, facing kind of toward you and all this, that even after that date, you weren't sure that I, I liked you. And I for right. sure wasn't sure you liked me after right. that. Yeah. But anyway, so there was a lot of potential misfires mm-hmm. in all of that. Mm-hmm. And yet, this, and yet we kept mm-hmm. getting put back together. Yeah. It's those potential misfires that make me think that for some reason it's necessary to, to make an effort to not do the things that allow things to diverge, so to speak. You know, for there to be a confluence, especially of two people, something as specific as two people's experiences being more closely associated on the web. In fact, that might even be a better way of conceptualizing a shared timeline is they're, you know, associating with each other on the web, you know. I think that the and when you say the web, you mean that like network, like I'm using a neural uh-huh. pathway analogy. Because uh-huh. it would be possible to um, be more scattered, you know, um, and yet for us to um, to make choices that are uh, allow us to continue to associate with each other um, means to disregard a lot of other potential directions that we can go, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, maybe this is something indicative of an orderliness of the world itself, you know, that we choose a certain path of decisions. Maybe even it's as basic as, like, conservation of energy, you know what I mean? Could be something like that. Because uh, that tends to be... What, what do you mean? Like, it, you can only choose certain things... Yeah, and that's that, a conserv- conservation of energy. Explore that idea a little bit. I think there's something there. That um, the causes that take place, like we create a certain momentum from past events, and the idea is that we're being carried forward in life by those causes that are, or the results of previous actions that kind of carry us forward. So we establish some sort of, for lack of a better word, m- momentum, you know, and that when we do things that lessen that momentum, it we just spend more energy. And that somehow, as we interact mm, with each other... We create the energy of friction by moving against the momentum. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that avoiding that friction represents representing, like, what can happen more gracefully. Because I think people do default towards a certain gracefulness when they choose to interact with each other continuously you know mm-hmm. there, there's something about gracefulness that maybe and I don't think gracefulness in terms of like aesthetically beautiful I think of gracefulness in terms of a conservation of, of energy through movement um, like having movement be more natural you know well how does that relate to what you're talking about I want to make sure well okay um I'm not sure. I'm still not following how it ties back. Well, let's take our break now because I think 
Yeah. yeah, it's distracting me because yeah. we're getting close to the 30-minute mark. Okay, okay, we're going to be back in the probably after some kind of some noises. See you in a minute. Noises. I'm going to put like a probably a noise in there between segments. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hi, we're back. We're back. And we're talking about timelines. Yeah. And we were talking about, you were going to, I was going to ask you to expand a little bit more about the the idea of interaction being in a flow state I guess rather mm -hmm. than in being inhibited by the friction of some sort of resistance and I wasn't yeah. entirely clear on that yeah well I said conservation of energy partially because a little bit of a tangent here is that um, my current interest in the philosophy of embodied cognition using the term inactivism um, has like a non-representational embodied view of the way people think let's just say that and there is another branch of cognitive theories that has to do with using the free energy principle where we think in terms of creating a model of the world and we're constantly revising that model in a way that um, reduces the errors that we are creating so and the more errors we make in predicting what's going to happen as a result of our next action the more energy it takes so basically mm. our choices that we make and i could be mangling this but this is how i understand it we make choices based on minimizing the energy expenditure involved with our actions it's this is very mm -hmm. almost mm -hmm. materialistic thing but there's some mm -hmm. Well, it's energetic, yeah. Yeah. which which is yeah, which can mm -hmm. be correlated to materiality. Yeah, but I, I like it as thinking of it more energetically. Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay, mm -hmm. I think I'm understanding. So I like what you're saying about predicting errors we make in predicting outcomes, and the yeah. errors and we make in predicting outcomes expends more energy, uh -huh. and so we want to reduce the errors we make in predicting outcomes. As a conservation of energy, uh -huh. and okay, I definitely can see how that yeah. ties into what we're saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, for instance, um, tying it back to the practicalities of online dating or dating mm -hmm. at all, right? It's like we yeah. we want to reduce the the errors in that sense would be wasting time with the wrong person. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That is the very best way to identify the online dating approach to it. Because it does. It takes effort. It takes mental space to plan, to reach out, to keep track of things. And then, of course, the relationships themselves take, take time and energy. And there's, there's a, like a generation of energy. I don't want to get too energetic in this, aside from it playing the concepts of energy and conservation of energy playing into um, the experience of timelines, you know? Um, okay, well, be, well be, if you would, um, be super expository about what that means. What you just said, like, please be super mm -hmm. expository, it, like, even to the point of it seeming tediously elaborate, mm -hmm. because keep in mind that you're talking uh -huh. about a really... Uh -huh. complex idea that uh -huh. I'd like to understand yeah. better and don't yet. 
Well, the, the main way I like to understand it was the same way I talked about why I really like my meditation experience, <laughs> is you get really present, um, and that once you practice being present through paying attention to breath or bodily sensations, you the benefit of the practice is experienced in the act of practicing rather than practicing for it. Okay, so let me go back because I'm trying to be simple here. Mm-hmm. Here I am sitting in the chair. Mm-hmm. So if I want to be anywhere else other than this chair, I'm going to have to use some energy to get there. Correct. Now, when I go somewhere else, um, it's going to take a little bit of time to get there. Correct. All right. So um, I need to both be, know where I am, um, I need to know where I want to go, and I need to have enough energy to do it. Um, so mm-hmm. Yes. Let me re- restate, let me just say what, back yeah. exactly what you said. I need to know where I want to go, mm-hmm. a second thing, and how I'm going to get there, mm-hmm. and the energy to accomplish the task. Yeah, I, I need those things. Did and I get that right? Did I get, was wh- it where right? I am, oh. where I want to go, and I need to have the, the energy to go from here to there. Where I am, where I yeah. want to go... And the energy to go from here to there. Yes. Yeah. The things I don't need to know are necessarily the pathway I'm going to take to get there. I don't need to have that figured out, right? All that stuff. Um, and this is good to think of the things I don't need. Because these are kind of like the all of the options that I didn't choose. Mm-hmm. And it resulted in me being with you, you know? Mm-hmm. I just needed to know that I am alone. Um... I want to be, wanted to be with you, and I wanted to be with you in such a way where the least amount of energy was expended. In other words, the most natural way, the way that was even um, a combined effort and a way where our energies were shared. Yeah. So that, that was the way that I was choosing to move forward along the timeline. In fact, I almost think that confirmation of our togetherness is a result of that continual process. Me knowing where I am, with you. Me wanting to continue to be where? Um, I don't know, in a relationship with you, I guess. Because I'm here. And now it's breaking down a little bit. I think mm, I got it too close. I don't think so. Yeah. I, think, I think you're feeling like there's a destination when you're saying it breaks down, you're, it's like it's a false assumption that that we we land in a destination of a relationship and then there's nowhere else to go. And that's yeah. I think that isn't correct because really, while it can become natural as we learn the each other's patterns and know how to mm-hmm. have minimal excess energy expenditure to be together. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have to choose it over and over again. And so there's still an active choice of each step, one step in front of the other, ongoing. Mm-hmm. It's not like you ever, I don't think anyone ever lands mm-hmm. in the destination of a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a dynamic 
process yeah. that's ongoing, even if it can seem static or seem uh-huh. like a same day after day, which we aren't to that point mm-hmm. now, and I don't know if we ever will be, but we might, but mm-hmm. it, it, it's, an, it's like we think something is static, mm-hmm. but it isn't. It's just that we keep choosing the same thing over and over again, so it mm-hmm. seems static. And that choosing again and again is a moving forward. It's not a choosing again and again that keeps you in the same place. Because another kind of, of stasis is that, um, the, the example being an addiction, right? Where it, you want to be moving forward, but in reality there is a kind of stasis that's created. You know? Or a repetition of a same choice. But I would say even, I'd say there's no, there's just, stasis is impossible. Hmm. And if you think about like the, since you mentioned addiction, the course of addiction is not static. Oh, that's very true. There's a progression there. Yes. Yeah. There's a progression and then a um, de-evolution in a sense, which is still dynamic. Like people start to Mm -hmm. like functioning starts to progressively or progressively um becomes uh decom de it mm-hmm. de- tends to sort of decompose like one's mm-hmm. functioning starts to mm-hmm. decompose yeah this the reason that this is good and it felt a little off topic at first until i had the realization that being on a timeline also ties into um, developmental experiences you know timelines i think for things to unfold there there's development that takes place and um, the aspect of something progressing goes along with um, development by development i'm more thinking of things take being on a lifespan because i think timelines are experiencing they're they're alive i don't think that they are they're not like time where it's an artificial construct. I think a timeline is is really something experienced and it's it's kind of living, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, cuz and, and like and and when we think about a timeline, it is most relevant in understanding the past, like mm-hmm. things that already happened. If we think about it from a linear sense of timeline mm-hmm. in the most conventional understanding of a timeline mm-hmm. you can't have a timeline going forward not mm-hmm. really not with assurance that this happened and this happened and this happened that mm-hmm. can only be done in retrospect mm-hmm. and even then it's you know let's not get into how you know the fault like the you know mm-hmm. how memory is not yeah con- is not really that reliable well, maybe either the but. timeline is more like when the universe was created the there was an edge of the timeline and it's sort of like the the expansion, like the furthest out on a timeline is the edge of the expanding universe. Mm, you know? Okay. This is me getting pseudo-physics on a cosmological Bring level. Bring it, sir. You know I like me my pseudo-physics. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> didn't my, my son say something about isn't the universe tearing apart or something? Yeah, you said it's expanding, so it's tearing. Isn't it tearing apart? And I said, well, it's definitely expanding, but I don't think it's necessarily tearing apart. Yeah, yeah. So he had this sense of there being if it something is ex- that there was like a finite universe, and that if it expanded, it would rip. Yeah, yeah. 
Which, you know, I think it was probably like a mix, mm -hmm. a mixture of different physics concepts yeah. that, you yeah, know. Right. Would you say there's some sort of extrusion that's taking place with... Absolutely. Well, what we're, I mean, in order for us, the extrusion isn't taking place per uh, se, yeah. but our understanding of anything is, requires that we take an infinite system and squeeze it through a tiny little tube of cognition mm -hmm. and make the infinite and try to understand the infinite in bite-sized pieces in like mm -hmm. tiny little bite-sized pieces that have to be squeezed into a two-dimensional mm -hmm. uh, form mm -hmm. just so that our brains our our brains in this two-dimension in this um in this uh three well it's a three-dimensional plane but our thoughts are two-dimensional in many ways mm -hmm. our cognition our cognition that we can put into words mm -hmm. i would say is two-dimensional and i think words are two-dimensional so and that's why like we were talking about this earlier like a state of knowing mm -hmm. that is beyond words is because to know on that level you have to be able to hold an idea that can't be put into words because mm -hmm. it it's in its purest form mm -hmm. can't be translated into two dimensions yeah. well this one of the reasons earlier today why i wanted to do the timeline podcast more intensely was you had mentioned we were driving along and something about duality being started by some Cartesian thinking and then I had this idea that um, symbolic transmission of meaning in the form of writing you know further emphasizes um, a dualistic worldview because we have to interpret the symbolism which is separate from our actual experiences mm -hmm. um, and then the idea that continuity gets created by the symbolic representation of the past, either through um, the persistent, I, this is something I'm bringing up now, either through the persistence of archetypes or through documentation in written or, or repeated stories too, which is what I think some of the chanting is tying into is some um, like repetition that moves things forward. You know, this is one thing that is timeline related too. that I don't know if this conversation will be to grasp is that the chanting that happens, I think, is a kind of echolocation that happens when a person is on the edge of the expanding universe. Hmm. You know, um, I love that. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. you're you're sitting here riding the wave of everything that happened since the beginning of anything conceivable and putting an intention there and putting this these sound waves out and then hearing them while also thinking about more or less a multiversal sort of aspect to the current experience so it's kind of like tapping into all the timelines that, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that blip out yeah and that and that kind of you know that idea of the symbolic or the 
beyond words consciousness being try and trying to understand it in two dimensions that that kind of speaks to why um i really think like some people and we've talked about this before like you know because the particular and when i do chanting you know i'm chanting in a language that doesn't exist anymore anyway you mm -hmm. know it's it's basically i think a Japanese translation of Sanskrit essentially so it's like it's a few a few spots removed right in a mm -hmm. way but um and but and it's like wouldn't it be better if you just said it in English so you would understand it mm -hmm. and while on the one hand it's very valuable to understand it in English you still aren't going to understand understand it right and so I've thought, I feel, and I think, I think this about other phrases and, and things too, like ho'oponopono, which um, on my podcast, Spiritual Not Religious, there's a, there's a, I'll, I won't go into ho'oponopono, but if you want to go over to Spiritual Not Religious and look at the um, particular episode called ho'oponopono, how and why, I kind of talk about this too, but, um, but basically, I think that the energy of the concept can can almost be best contained in a phrase that is more repeated by more people over time mm -hmm. so in a sense knowing what the literal translation of the lotus sutra is has a limited a, a, a we are mostly limited in understanding its meaning Mm -hmm. just by understanding the translation and there's always going to be certain limitations of understanding something that doesn't translate into words anyway um but by saying a phrase that has in a sense by its usage come to embody a feature of consciousness especially mm -hmm. it has an especial it becomes a special container almost and it, the container becomes more mm -hmm. more uh a better vessel because mm -hmm. it isn't it isn't translate it isn't its meaning isn't uh, the emphasis isn't on understanding a literal translation mm -hmm. it's like if we because if once you understand a literal translation you've immediately minimized you've taken you've taken a a grand ball of string and mm -hmm. pulled out just one little thread mm -hmm. and then tried to say and 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 then go hey this thread doesn't make any sense well mm -hmm. no it, it doesn't yeah. but 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 the whole big ball of string is beyond your comprehension mm -hmm. and so the vessel for that has the juju it has mm -hmm. the mojo it has the juice mm -hmm. and so um and that's why in a sense saying a thing that has meant a certain thing for thousands of years mm -hmm. can hold the energy of all those who who participated in it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whereas a literal translation can be helpful to reduce discomfort, fear, concern, 
making yeah. sure that you're not accidentally conjuring demons or something, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Yeah. It's like it helps you to go, oh, okay, well, this, yeah. I still don't know what the heck it's talking about, but at right. least I know it's nothing bad. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I think it's useful in that way. But I, um, but I don't think that it, I think it diminishes the mojo of a thing if you, tr- mm-hmm. as soon as you try. It, it, it's not, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to understand things to the best of your ability in mm-hmm. every language, any language. Mm-hmm. You should, but also to be realistic that when you don't understand it, that doesn't mean that there's nothing to understand. Hmm. It just means that the tool that you're using to try to understand, the yeah. vessel of language cannot hold mm-hmm. the, it cannot hold the fullness of of what is beyond language. Mm-hmm. Does that did did that make sense at all? It it did. Um, there's parts of it I um, like the as you finished saying it, I thought of it a little bit like if you had a, a portal, um, and if you looked through the portal, you could see a lot of stuff and space and what whatever you know and looking through that portal and that's the only like the best portal to see like a really wide view and like just knowing like what's a portal how do portals work where does that portal look out to and all this you could have a whole thing like how was it made who installed it really if you just like walk up to that portal and look out and you go oh my god <laughs> you know look at all that you know what mm-hmm. i mean so it's it's a visual and structural example. That's kind of how how I I see it. It's like all the possibilities and potentials and um, things that might unfold, like really only become accessible when you walk up to this particular portal, and it's really the only one. <laughs> you know what I mean? In fact, perhaps even the inventors of this thing that tell you to say this thing say, "Yeah, this is it." I don't know where it came from or whatever, but. There it is, you know, <laughs> and yeah. But if you're like, I'm afraid of these here portals. Well, then mm-hmm. it would be helpful to go. I mean, it might make you feel better if someone can say, "Oh yeah, it was made by Bob the Portal Maker, mm-hmm. and it's constructed out of steel and fiberglass, and it doesn't, you know, there it 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 doesn't leak." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, and then you go yeah. okay, and then you go okay. It doesn't help you understand what's beyond the yeah. portal, but it just makes you feel less nervous about looking out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one way in this moment. I like where, that where analogy. I, yeah, I've conceptualized the the chanting, um, and it relates to timelines in the sense that you know we were talking before this tangent about the the future timelines the future part of the timeline it hasn't happened yet so really timelines are more of like a big thing of the past with all sorts of causes and effects and results and then they get to this moment where we're kind of experiencing the outcome of all that stuff that happened before and so our our experience of a timeline is kind of i don't know at the growing end of it and then everything else back yeah yeah but yeah. that that's a nice segue yeah. to the thing about if we if timelines were only about being aware of past causation then 
I would find it a boring topic, frankly. Yeah. But because it's also we can what we can learn by by observing previous timelines. And for instance, we I think this particular example that we're giving of us meeting is really apropos in mm-hmm. so many ways. Um, uh, we can see how our intentions to find a partner that met certain hopes we had to have mm-hmm. in a partner and that we must have in many ways been very assured in our desire even though we also would have before we met had many doubts that we could meet such a person right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but then we meet this person and go oh Wow, 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 wow. Oh, look at this, look at this. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And it's like, cool. This mm-hmm. is neat. This is like, well, something that you said early on to me that meant a lot to me is you said, um, fairly early on, and you said, you, you meet needs I didn't even know it was okay for me to have. Mm-hmm. Something that effect, or that I didn't, I didn't even aspire to have because I didn't even know I would, like that I would want that, or that I mm-hmm. could have it if I did want it. Yeah, yeah. So that's what this part, one part of your brain believed, but another part of your consciousness must have set it into motion as a desire, like I will have this thing, mm-hmm. and then another part of your mind was going, oh, don't even wish for that. That's not a thing. There, that is, that's a weed. Don't even worry about that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of you at a more core level and a part of mm-hmm. me at a core level must have said, this is what is best for me. Yeah. And this is, so I, 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 I will intend upon this goal. Remember how we were talking about intrusive thoughts earlier? Mm-hmm. Do you think intrusive thoughts might be kind of like come from other timelines? They're like, mm. like versions of ourselves that are having some kind of experience, like a real live experience, mm. where that thought is part of the experience and mm. it bleeds into our world. And it's intrusive because it has nothing to do with what's really happening. That's an interesting theory. And I think, um, and I think, and if that is true, if other versions of us in other timelines uh-huh. are having, and I do, I've actually, I have some experience with that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like yes, other versions of us are have made a, a have made a bunch of other choices, and yeah. have probably some of them landed in some spots that are not not yeah. are pe- peculiarly unpleasant. Yeah. for yeah. a version of us, um, and just in the way that we can have intrude, they might intrude in our realm. Uh-huh. Keep in mind, we can also, in a positive sense, intrude into theirs. Uh-huh. Right. So I really do think that, in that sense of, I was I think about alternate versions of myself mm-hmm. or alternate times in my own um, life mm-hmm. and send in a sense prayer or whatever you want to call it um, intention and positive cognition into those realms too because I think um, I hadn't thought about it in the sense of int- what you're just saying like the height of intrusive thoughts being uh-huh. perhaps from another adjacent version of myself um i think that's an interesting idea and either way whether that's literally true or not i think Mm -hmm. it reminds me that rather than being annoyed always by 
intrusive thoughts. We could even be compassionate towards that alternate self that's having those. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And that allows for that re- re- remaining a certain kind of a detachment. Uh-huh. Because one of the problems and one of the things I teach in like help, to helping clients to not get attached to um, those negative cognitions is mindfulness. Like in the sense of mm-hmm. like of not identifying with the thought. Yeah. So like, this is just a thought, it is passing, it is not who I am, I am, yeah. I am the I who is having the experience of this thought and mm-hmm. I need not interact with it, right? That's yeah. kind of a mindfulness concept. Um, and, uh, but you can almost like interact with it and maintain a certain detachment if you mm-hmm. think of it as, this isn't mine and mm-hmm. I can interact with it by setting my compassion to it yeah and so that's like a combo man it is a pretty nice combo really i just that thank you for that that's i think a cool mm-hmm. it's kind of complicated though i like to yeah. keep my um guidance to clients a little simpler than that on a mm-hmm. general in a general rule yeah but 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 i think that's really powerful and i'm mm-hmm. definitely going to use it and explore using mm-hmm. that well we're at another 30 minute session here at a good stopping point. we are at a good stopping point um, if you're willing, and I know this is a long one, I, I, what I'd like to do to put a cherry on this on this particular Sunday is is do one more little episode. It doesn't have to be a full 30 minutes, but I would like to talk about the setting the intention into the future because I think that's why it's relevant. That's what I was getting at is why mm-hmm. if it was just about the past, I would find it boring. Yeah. But it's about in the same way that the summation of causes in the past brings us to now let's look at the causes in the future that bring us to the future yeah let's do that take take a break we'll be back we'll be back okay back here we are just talking a little bit about the more mysterious Mm -hmm. future right Mm -hmm. because i think um in the same way that the accumulation, like we were talking about, the accumulation of causes that we made on a fundamentally deep level, even though we weren't even 100% confident that they were possible, that mm-hmm. I think that, because you, you, you check a lot of boxes, like for me, like sometimes I, I've even had moments where I felt like, is this even real or is this one of those dreams I would have? Because you are so much exactly what I want in a person and a partner. Oh my. And, <laughs> and, and so it sometimes almost like, oh, is that just something I made up? But you're a real 100% person with your own autonomy. I did not, you are not a phantasm. Nope. Not a phantasm. So coming to this uh, section, last section, checking boxes you were just saying, also right. the future. Right, so that, that is the summation, like meeting you and I w- and you meeting me mm-hmm. was the summation of causes made mm-hmm. in the past. To what and, extent were these um, results, um, the result of the intentional accumulation of causes this this is kind of important where it comes with the idea of autonomy like to what extent are we kind of shaping the timeline as it unfolds or guiding it in a direction that's healthy rewarding fulfilling versus just 
dodging shit that comes thrown at us from random land. Yes, exactly. And I think, and the key there is a sense of agency Mm -hmm. and intention. So, like, random shit comes at us. Everyone, right? Yeah, yeah. Or we are, or rather I should say, we swim in a milieu of randomness. What seems to be random. Which seems to, let's say, that seems to be chaotic. Mm -hmm. And um, the less overt intentionality we have, the more we are riding on the waves of essentially the milieu of cause and effect rather than our own our own mm-hmm. directional uh, mm-hmm. cause and effect. So I, I really do think that everybody's experiencing cause and effect mm-hmm. and if people are less aware and intentional with their mm-hmm. intentions, mm-hmm. Um, then things just show up. This is kind mm-hmm. of like ties into like the law of attraction kind of concept, mm-hmm. which I think it has a lot of value. It also gets kind of watered down into uselessness very often too mm-hmm. but um but i think so so in a sense we we were doing that and i and i know that i was i've been setting intentions with a lot of intentionality for a long time mm-hmm. and i think you have too i would guess even though you might not have you're shaking your head no no it's a very new concept for me in my life aside from the idea of well, i'd really like it if xyz happened you know but the the real setting of intentions is is very new and almost foreign to me in a lot of ways, you know? Okay, I, all right. But I would say that even if a person doesn't know that's what they're doing... The, yeah, yeah, I, I They're that still too. doing it. Yeah. Um, and you would have had to have... Well, I, I don't know. I can't speak for your, your mm-hmm. history, but... I mean, your your particular way of thinking. But my assumption is that because we match so well you must have also had in some you know in some kind of a way that was a joshi kind of way mm-hmm. your way um been allowing for the possibility to find a good mate mm-hmm. and so and and in in simply the allowing of a being open to the possibility for the achievement of a thing has power in and of itself truthfully i think because Mm -hmm. we often have so much resistance to allowing what we want because we're so afraid we won't get it so Mm -hmm. the fear that we won't get a thing will be a considerable kind of 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 uh, friction that can prevent us from allowing ourselves to Mm -hmm. really ask for it essentially or to ask ourselves Mm -hmm. our lives to align Mm -hmm. with it um but okay so but but that might be relevant in a minute, but but so so but that goes back to some of our previous recent podcasts where we're talking about setting plans for the future and things like oh, that. Oh, that's right. We did one on plans. We did a couple. Yeah. Well, we did two that were two different varieties of yeah. looking at the idea of planning. Yeah, yeah. So and so, and so I think um, so. What can we? So I think what we wanted. I think what could be useful is to look at what have we already learned mm-hmm. about how hopes can come to fruition as evidenced mm-hmm. by being together mm-hmm. and then looking at how how there's this combination of having an intention and then also relaxing about have about it 
-hmm. right? Because in the sense that setting the intention without feeling a sense of freak out, anxiety, that what if it doesn't happen, right? Mm -hmm. That that relaxing into, okay, it's what I, in my book I call set it and, I, I make the joke about from that old infomercial, I say set it and forget it mm -hmm. with intentions. It's like you say, this is what, this is, this is what I want. And then just relax because you have put it in place. You don't have to sit around going, thinking over it over and over again or being all superstitious. Mm -hmm. oh, I, oh, I didn't, I did, I doubted it for a second. So now it mm -hmm. won't happen. That's a kind of superstitious approach to it. Yeah. And, and that's why it's important to think about the fact that even not thinking you can have a thing on one part of your brain, like what I said, I mentioned, like when you said, I didn't even know to want that in a way mm -hmm. but on some level you had to know you want it for it to line up for it for you to match yeah. with it when it yeah. got there yes yes so we can continue to have so i think it's that's what that goes back to the idea that doubt isn't that big of a deal like don't freak out about doubt mm -hmm. and that again it's like goes and that's kind of ties back to chanting also in a way because because it's like the idea that if something has inherent power you don't have to have you don't have to have blind faith in it. Right. You don't have to have faith in order to make it work. It works, and so then you come to have confidence mm -hmm. in it, which you could also call faith. Yeah. What you do have to do is use it or something like that. You know, it's not as if it's not as if a vacuum because it's in your house and it can vacuum is gonna vacuum up your house <laughs> exactly exactly it's it's yeah exactly and and i can i don't have to believe in vacuuming i don't mm -hmm. have to believe that vacuums work yeah. in order for it to work but i have to turn it on and rub it over the carpet you do yeah so um so that's the thing so i'd say in that sense it's like um so i guess for for so like and like i said i don't think we have i don't i don't even feel like i have the i don't even know quite where to go with a clarity on it specifically but I think what I want to clarify too is that or think about is that our goal what we're doing lately of like kind of thinking about well what are your creative mm -hmm. projects you want to work on mm -hmm. what are the things that you you know what are your aspirations mm -hmm. we've been talking a lot about getting some more clarity together yeah. on that not and not even on just our joint projects but saying like mm -hmm. oh hey Tracy what are the things you want to do mm -hmm. that I may or may not be interested in participating in and same mm -hmm. Joshi might have his things that he's mm -hmm are his goals and, and aspirations. And as loving as loving partners, mm -hmm. I can support you in it without participating directly, but just being creating, mm -hmm. helping to the best of my ability to create an energetic space where, mm -hmm. where you are not inhibited in that and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Right, but so I think that's the thing. I think, so I think what we can, what I'd like to take away from this, I think for myself is today is a, con a renewed confidence in desiring um, certain experiences that I will really value and enjoy mm -hmm. and a confidence that that with my through my actions I will end up there it's mm -hmm. like you can't just sit in a lump and wait for for the magic stuff to happen but if you mm -hmm. say this is where I'm going and so mm -hmm. any step I take will eventually get me there. Mm -hmm. Which can really help with 
imperfection and perfectionism as well as uh, the, the recognition that there is a, a place from which one is moving forward to, you know. So I think that helps me to think about wanting certain things. Um, it's like wanting or craving something or needing something. It has a, a lot less to do with like something that I don't have right now and a little bit more recognizing that the thing that I want, if I do get it, it's not just because I want it, it's because a whole bunch of stuff has happened preparing for it, you know? Mm. It's the, I, one of the new things for me that with intentions is to remember that the setting of this intention is not happening from just like this moment, me feeling something important to me. It's really being set upon the tail end of a whole bunch of other things that have been moving forward. You know, it's... It's certainly not something I've summoned up and trying to create. It's really the unfolding of something that I've been working on for a long time. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. It's a moment in that journey. That's It is part, and it is part of the whole timeline. Mm -hmm. Meaning it is the past, um, well, there's a, phrase there's a there's a famous quote in the gosho which are letters that nitran daishonin wrote to his his uh, followers where it says um if you want to know if you want to know what your what your what causes you made in the past look at your life right now mm -hmm. if you want to know what your life in the future will be like look at what causes you're making right now mm -hmm. right so it's which is the most simple thing in the world, but it was probably a a a brain rattler for somebody, you know. Yeah. And, but it but I think that's the thing. It's like this right now is the moment of the culmination of everything we've done before, and that's pretty neato because mm -hmm. what's going on between you and me right now feels like pretty epic to me, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Just <laughs> it just does, you know. Mm -hmm. And then and then. Um, and say, and with from this platform, and then speaking to your thing about setting intentions, it's not out of a sense of deficiency, I need more because I don't have enough. It's a, I have so much and I want to expand. Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to experience yeah. more of what there is to experience, not because I'm deficient, mm -hmm. but because it's my, it's my duty mm -hmm. to experience as much of, as possible of what it is to be consciousness mm -hmm. and the our like chit chat before this about thinking of terms to use for each other as um like other than boyfriend girlfriend husband wife we're not married um i'm you know you're my woman i'm your man i even think those those terms that we were kind of researching thinking about in a way could be scenes of ways of us of like orient to orienting to each other on our respective and or chair timelines yeah i think you know? it totally is i think yeah. that's that's the impulse mm -hmm. and and finding a word that resonates that vibrates well with it because mm -hmm. um and 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 life partner while i respect the the I respect what was tried there for people and that works for some people i don't I think it's super accurate, but it's too mm -hmm. on the nose. I don't know, but we'll work on that some more. Yeah. And in the meantime, this was fun, man. 
This was a good one. We covered a lot here. You're cool. Aw, thanks, Tracy. I think you're cool, too. And here's Tabby. Tabby is cool. Tabby is the Tabby cat, and she is cool. You ever tried to make cats meow? No, that sounds mean. It does, doesn't it? Tabby, meow. Meow, meow. She says, you guys are weird. Yeah, I know. All right. All right. All right, cool, man. Let's talk next time. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye.